And I think if we don't get to the root of why we're responding a certain way, I mean, they didn't go right to the Lord. Adam and Eve didn't just go, Lord, help. Yeah. Sorry. We need you. Instead of hiding the creation that God made in their bodies, they they could have gone to God and said, you created us this way. Where, you know, what did we do? How can we fix this? They weren't repentant. They were blame shifting to the enemy, to each other. And and I think that we're prone to that. We don't want to be caught. All right. Welcome to the uh, Real Marriage Podcast, uh, Pastor Mark, my best friend, Grace. And uh, we are looking at the marriage, first marriage of Adam and Eve. And we're trying to use them as a case study, as I'm preaching through the book of Genesis at church, on marriage. So we're into Genesis uh, chapter 3, Adam and Eve sin, after the wedding comes the war. Um, And the question is, uh, why do husbands and wives feel so lonely? Mm. And so what happens with Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, Satan shows up, she gets confused, has a conversation she shouldn't. We dealt with in the previous episode, he's passive and probably should buy a ticket for his life. He's not on the field. He's in the stands just watching. But then the first thing that happens is uh, God told them it's not good to be alone, and they're alone. Mm -hmm. God told them they were supposed to be one, and they consummated their relationship, and they were one, and now they're two again. Mm -hmm. And so they're they're not physically together. They're they're separated. Um, Adam says, uh, I was afraid, and I hid. So they're hiding from God. They're hiding from each other. Mm-hmm. They're intentionally avoiding one another. Putting fig leaves on. Fig leaves on. Like, you can't see me. I can't see you. Mm-hmm. Intimacy literally means into me, see. And it's like, no intimacy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, um, they're lonely. Mm. I mean, you know, they met, they got married. And now this is the first time where they're isolated and they're alone. Mm. So maybe talk about sometimes why. Why marriage, which is God's answer for our loneliness, mm. becomes our most lonely place. Yeah, I mean, there's different types of loneliness. There's physical loneliness where you just you're apart a lot. Um, there's emotional loneliness where you may be in the same room, but you feel very alone and separate, disconnected. Um, and I think um, it's easy, depending on what you bring into the marriage. I mean, they they had a perfect environment. So it's it's hard to understand this one. But what we bring into our marriage, um, you know, it seems cute when we're dating and, you know, we are patient and think things are amazing. And then when you start to live together and do life together, do life together as a married couple, um, it can feel very alone because then you feel like you're not understood or you're not heard or you're not considered. Um, and you just, it's sometimes feels easier just to make separate decisions, which makes you even more lonely, more divided, more apart. And so I think the, the emotional is very important to continue to stay connected emotionally at a heart level, to continue to have conversations that are both awesome and the difficult conversations that help you work through things. And, and that level of staying connected helps you not feel lonely. Well, and part of it here is it's just physical distance. Mm-hmm. Um, this can be architecting your marriage so that you're just not together very yeah. much. Yep. This can be deciding a career path that really removes you from mm-hmm. your spouse. And I'm dealing with some guys that real men that 
they love their wife and their kids, but their job has them gone all the yeah. time. And so they're, they're looking at how do I just reset my career, maybe yeah. reduce my expenses just so I can physically be around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, sometimes, uh, well, and, and so what's happening here, they're physically lonely. They're mm-hmm. not together. They're yeah. separated and they're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not praying together about it. They're not working on it. They're just avoiding each other mm-hmm. and and they're avoiding God. So it has to be very, very um, lonely. The good news is that God pursues them and he brings them back mm-hmm. together. And so yeah. our God does that kind of healing and reconciling. But maybe talk about, honey, the difference between solitude and isolation. Yeah. Solitude is a good thing. We need to get time with the Lord alone and away from kind of the noise of people, culture, lies, everything. We need to get that solitude time. Jesus did that. He went away to get time with the Father. Um, and isolation is very different because you're isolating yourself. You're take, removing yourself completely from everybody to draw in, to not be you know, in community. You get depressed. You get you know, you can get mental. Yes. And so it's a very, um, unfortunately that's what happened a lot in the last couple of years. A lot of people were isolated because they weren't allowed to go see each other. Um, and so people felt the weight of that and, and to not be able to connect with another human being is very depressing. Um, and so isolation is, it's not, it doesn't help build you up and fill your soul. It, it literally drains you and pulls every emotional capacity out of you so that you're not growing as a human being and you're not interacting. So I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. And the difference is uh, an, an extrovert can love people and be relational, but then they're exhausted by it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, an extrovert, you put a bunch of people around them and it feels like they just got their batteries recharged. <laughs> you put an introvert around a bunch of people and when the night's over, yeah, it, it feels like their battery mm-hmm. got drained. And so... I'm way more of an introvert mm-hmm. and I, because I'm in ministry, I'm oftentimes around people and pouring out a lot of content. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, for me, um, solitude is huge. Yeah. You need it to be able to do margin, work, quiet work space well. mm-hmm. and to have emotional energy to pour out. If you're a person that is pouring out a lot, maybe you've got little kids or you're in a caregiving situation or a teacher mm-hmm. or a counselor or in ministry you're pouring out a lot and you're surrounded with people, you, you may need more solitude to mm-hmm. recover. And for me, the solitude creates a creative space mm-hmm. and mental energy. Mm-hmm. If you are a creative person, you do a lot of content creation or vision or teaching or whatever the case may be, or maybe you're an artistic creative, it just takes some margin and some solitude right. to get that space. And what's happening here it would be good if they were doing Adam and Eve, we're doing solitude, meaning, mm-hmm. okay, honey, uh, we're going to, you know, why don't, why don't you go get a couple hours with the Lord? I'm going to go get a couple hours mm-hmm. with the Lord. What the heck did we just do? Like, yeah. where did we go wrong? Where did we mess up? You need, to, why don't you go process your part? I'll go process my part. Maybe you go meet with the Lord. I'll go meet with the Lord. And then let's come back together and own what we can own and, mm-hmm work on what we can work on and put some things in place that we don't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And and that would have been solitude. So isolation is really where you're running from your problems. Mm-hmm. And solitude is where you're running to the Lord mm-hmm. to ask him to help, help you with, with your problems. problems. Yep. And so 
Solitude's a great thing, mm-hmm. and some people desperately need it. I do. It's hard for extroverts to do solitude. Okay, explain that. Um, I mean, I'm not a full extrovert, but I think a lot of times extroverts are doing a lot of things potentially to avoid dealing with issues as well. Yeah. Um, and and so when you have to be quiet with the Lord or listen to the Lord, it sometimes can feel awkward. Like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to think? What am I, you know, you're used to being active and verbal. And so it's actually a very good discipline to learn for an extrovert, but it can be very hard to not be verbalizing with someone or interacting with someone, but the Lord is, it needs to be that person for you. Yeah. And for me, uh, I like, I like sunshine. I like fresh air. I like being outside. And so I'll take the Bronco up into the mountains and I'll prayer hike. Mm -hmm. And in the woods, I like finding places that don't have cell coverage because it's hard to do solitude Mm -hmm. with the phone. phone. Yeah. (laughs) The phone is just determined to be the Lord of your life. Um, And I just talk to the Lord and Mm -hmm. I listen to the Lord. And to me, that's really crucial time. Mm -hmm. And it means that when I come home, you get a better version of me. Mm -hmm. And so, but you wouldn't get a better version of me if it was isolation. Right. Solitude brings a better version of you home. Isolation certainly does not. Yeah. In my solitude time, I like to journal because I don't pause a lot and I'm busy doing stuff or with people a lot. And so I, for me, solitude means I stop and I journal out some of the things that God's maybe speaking to me or some scripture that comes to mind or some things I need to work on. It's an opportunity for me to just pause and literally listen um, and not just be doing. Mm-hmm. So back to Adam and Eve, I mean, they're lonely. Mm-hmm. They're married, but they're lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, does every couple reach those seasons where they're married, but they're lonely? I mean, probably a lot do. Yeah. I mean, sin brings division, which is lonely. Um, and when, when we're kind of isolated from each other, avoiding each other, not talking to each other, uh, what's under that? That should be indicative. Something's going on Mm -hmm. here. Again, usually there's wounds under there that we're not dealing with, whether it's from our past or from just between the marriage relationship. And then in that, lies come up and we start to believe the lies. And so then we distance more and then we make inner vows. And, you know, it just, it's a cycle that we can get into. Mm -hmm. And I think if we don't get to the root of why we're responding a certain way, I mean, they didn't go right to the Lord. Adam and Eve didn't just go, Lord, help. Yeah. Sorry. We need you. Instead of hiding the creation that God made in their bodies, they they could have gone to God and said, you created us this way. Where, you know, what did we do? How can we fix this? They weren't repentant. They were blame shifting to the enemy, to each other. And, and I think that we're prone to that. We don't want to be caught and somehow we think God doesn't see all that we do. It's silly. He does. He knows us. He created us. And so in those moments in our marriage where we want to excuse or blame shift or there's something under there that's wrong with our soul, some wound or some pride or sin that's you know not allowing us to act in humility in that moment. And so I think we need to ask the Lord to give us the ability to do that. He's Holy Spirit's the only one that can bring us to that place of humility and um and again praying for one another in marriage that we can do that together ideally, mm-hmm. but 
if not, I'm still responsible to do that for myself, even if you don't and vice versa. And so we really have to be um, connected to the Lord first in order to know. How much of it in the Adam and Eve story do you think was shame? Yeah, a lot of it. God told them, do this, don't do that. They did the opposite. It says initially they were naked without shame. And then here they're they're ashamed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they can't deny that they've blown it. I mean, there are times in marriage you're like, I think I think I can hide this, or I think I can argue my way out of yeah. it, or I think I can blame shift. There are times you're like, "Yeah, I'm just guilty." Yeah, you know, I, I shouldn't have said or did whatever it was, and they're in that position where it's like, "There's no arguing. This this was bad." I mean, you just handed Satan the earth. Yeah. Like this is a fail. Um, but when shame comes in, how oftentimes do you think in a marriage relationship it's like, "Well, I know what I've done." And I'm just ashamed of it. So I just kind of, we don't talk about it because mm-hmm. they're not talking about it. We just try to cover it up and pretend mm-hmm. like everything's okay. And you kind of go do your life and I go do my mm-hmm. life. And we're not going to, you know, we're not going to talk about it or fight about it. We're just mm-hmm. going to kind of move on and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe just kind of carry the shame, but kind of yeah. pretend. Yeah. I mean, that happens a lot. And I think, again, that's division and you just continue to heap shame on shame the solution is to repent and go straight to the Lord and say, we screwed up. We both participated in this. Now we see what we've done help. And I think, you know, instead of running to the Father, we run away from him. And he wants us to come to him. I mean, he's the only one that can deal with our sin. He's the only one that can help us move in wisdom instead of folly. Yeah. So um, maybe we got a few minutes. Um I guess this is where we can be honest. So think of the times in our marriage, we are married, we do love each other, but you felt lonely, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, I, and I've got those times as well. And mm-hmm. I think, and there's gonna be a lot of married couples that hear this and they're like, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. We yeah. don't, we don't hate each other. We miss each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, physically, when you had to travel a lot, um, I felt physically alone because I was, you yeah. had the little kids and. And it was hard. I felt very alone in that parenting season. Um, and you loved the kids and you loved me, but you. Yeah. And I'm sorry for that. I mean, <clears throat> I was traveling to make ends meet so you could stay home with the five kids. And honestly, I, I would go into a low level depression yeah. before traveling because I mean, if you and or the kids are with me, well, that's fun. Now we're hanging out and going somewhere. But if I'm leaving you and the kids, I, I mm-hmm. hate that. I, there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing enjoyable about eating alone, going to bed alone, yeah, being in a hotel with your assistant, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've always, you know, praise God for assistance, but you know, your male assistant is not your wife. It's just <laughs> different, you know? So, and so I would go into a low level depression. Like mm-hmm. I'm just not going to be there. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neither of us liked it, but we, yeah, we didn't, know a solution, but we didn't probably seek wisdom from the Lord like we could have because he really, he wants us to connect. He wants us to be, be together. together. And so, um, so we didn't seek his best answer in that season. Um, emotionally, I mean, there's definitely been times, especially before we, before I started working through my trauma and didn't know how to explain it to you, I felt very alone because I was kind of trapped with this shame and didn't allow you into that part of my life. I didn't even understand it myself, what had happened to me until it 
until the Lord revealed it. But it was very lonely because I didn't have a way of communicating that to you. And I was afraid to communicate it to you once it started coming out and realizing what had happened to me in my past before we got married. And and so that was very lonely, just thinking I'm I this is something I have to deal with on my own. But actually you helped me walk through it once it all came out. But it was very I mean, there was a lot of lies involved and shame and covering and yeah, it was it was hard, very lonely. Yeah, and I would say, uh yeah, for me, I mean, I I think like most guys, I think most guys are lonely. Mm-hmm. You know. Usually with a woman, it's, you know, if you just, if you're listening, we, we do believe in men and women, so <laughs> we're crazy outliers um, and Adam's apples an indication of which team you're on. But um, for me, most, most of the women that I know, they've got like their girlfriends and their friend group, most guys, nah, mm-hmm. more independent Lone Ranger and you have guys at work or guys in the military or guys on your sports team or guys at school, but you're not actively pursuing relationships. It's more you're in an environment where there are people. Mm -hmm. And so you connect with some and don't connect with others. And then for most guys, when they get out of school, so you don't have your school buddies, they get out of uh, sports, Mm -hmm. get rid of your sports buddies. Mm -hmm. Most guys are pretty independent. And most guys, honestly, are a bit lonely. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason that a lot of men get married is the deep longing for a genuine friendship with the wife. Mm -hmm. And most guys don't want a deep, intimate, emotional connection with another dude. And if you do, (laughs) call 911, you need help. But um, the wife is the, it's all of a sense like, there's my friend, there's the person I do life with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and the marriage becomes for the man a cure to his loneliness. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't know how to do relationship, even though he's got a wife, he could still be lonely. Mm-hmm. Well, God says it's not good for the man to be alone. So yeah. And if you've met a he's single trying guy, to fill that. <laughs> first-hand knowledge, it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But for me, um, you know, when the kids were little, and they were all consuming in time and energy. Mm-hmm. There were times that it felt lonely. Yeah. And, yeah. Five uh, little kids. Yeah, you're just <laughs> tired and you've been up all night and you know, they're like sprinklers, fluids are coming out <laughs> all over the place and you got a situation. Um, but yeah, you can tell so maybe I'll let, I'll let you be honest, maybe maybe not too <laughs> honest. If it's too honest, we'll edit it. But like, how do you know that I'm not in a good place and that I'm feeling lonely? Uh you usually withdraw. Mm-hmm. or want to, you know, just zone out with the TV or um If I like get that. quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And or I just uh, kind of avoid Moody. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I avoid you in the house, it's like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in my office, mm-hmm. I'm outside, I'm not physically around. If I don't, you know, stop by, give you a hug, check in. If I'm not verbal, pro- I'm a verbal processor. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not talking to you and thinking things mm-hmm. through with you, those are all indicators that I'm feeling uh, rejected or mm-hmm. lonely. And mm-hmm. so I emotionally withdraw. And um, yeah, so what would you say to the, for the, for the husbands, what would be some indications that the wife is feeling lonely? Maybe she's tried to connect and she hasn't. So she's settled into kind of a lonely place. 
Yeah, I mean, withdrawing probably too, but um, probably wanting to hang out with friends more than so, normal. So an or, inordinate mm-hmm. external out of the mm-hmm. marriage. Maybe crying a lot. I mean, different <sighs> yeah. women respond differently. Yeah. Um, probably cold sexually um, because if she's hurting, she doesn't want to engage in that. Well, if you don't feel physically, emotionally, me, if you don't feel emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually connected, you don't mm-hmm. want to be physically connected. Right. Yeah, those are some of the main yeah. ways. Yeah, usually the loneliness plays itself mm-hmm. out in less frequent sexual mm-hmm. activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if your wife is all about the kids, mm-hmm. all about her extended family, all about her church ministry, yeah. all about her girlfriends, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there saying, man, I, I just feel like mm-hmm. I'm Second neglected, mm-hmm. rejected, I'm on the out. Um, that loneliness... Uh, is a very dangerous place. Mm -hmm. So when Adam and Eve are isolated here, they're vulnerable Mm -hmm. to some real danger that wouldn't happen if they were together. And I think for men who feel lonely and men who are uh, isolated, I think they are very vulnerable Mm -hmm. uh, to emotional, sexual blurring of lines with other women. Mm -hmm. And usually it's... uh, they'll even have a category for it. They'll call it a work spouse. Mm, mm-hmm. Somebody on the job that, Hey, how are you doing? Can I get you coffee? What's going yeah. on? And you're like, Oh, we're together physically. Mm-hmm. Cause we're in the same office. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're talking and having conversations yeah. and you know, I'm seeing the best version of you. Yes. I'm not seeing the, you have the flu at three o'clock in the morning version. <laughs> I'm seeing the, you got up, brushed your teeth, put for on your outfit, worse. came to work. Yeah. <laughs> And oftentimes, um, the loneliness starts to get cured outside of the marriage, which Mm. means you're headed Mm -hmm. toward real danger. Yes. Um, Most guys who end up committing affairs, it starts with them feeling lonely Mm -hmm. and just finding a gal who's available and Mm -hmm. encouraging and listens well and checks in. And then it goes to a place it should never go. Yep, absolutely. How about for women? What is the danger for them, a wife, if she's feeling lonely? Yeah, I mean, these days, it seems like I hear of a lot of those cases for women, too, where they have emotional affairs at the very least. Um, Do you think women trade emotional affairs for sexual affairs that most women, they could take or leave sex with some guy they're not married to, but mm -hmm. they know that if he's going to be emotionally connected, she's Mm -hmm. going to need to be sexually available? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard sadly far too many of those, and I think she'll find other ways to emotionally um, cover her pain and and feel accepted and loved and cared for in other ways. Mm-hmm. So in Genesis, when they got married, it was you know leave mother and father, cleave to one another, and that mm-hmm. is this active pursuit mm-hmm. initiative. Yep. You know, uh, approaching one another. Um, not being content with loneliness and isolation. Mm -hmm. And so that would be our encouragement to you. Mm -hmm. What are the things in your marriage that make you feel lonely? Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you in a season where you feel lonely and isolated? Has uh, sin or shame come in and Mm -hmm. the two of you have just kind of, you're not sure what to do about it. So you you just kind of put the fig leaf on and go about your day. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's time to meet with a Christian counselor or pastor and say, we, we got to figure this out. We, mm-hmm. you know, somebody has got to get in the middle and bring us together. That's what the Lord did mm-hmm. for Adam and Eve in Genesis, uh, three. And, you know, um, in the past, what are the patterns 
that have led to feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. And if it's like, well, every time, you know, your extended family comes to town for those weeks, I feel mm -hmm. lonely. It, it, there may be some patterns, right? Or, you know, when, you know, when the kids are in the sports season and you're so consumed with it, I feel mm -hmm. lonely. And it's looking for those patterns and not mm -hmm. using them to attack each other, but to invite each other and say, yeah. these are the times and ways that loneliness sets in. And I, I would invite you to, to have us do better next yeah. time. There might be some easy solutions, some easy changes, and then digging deeper for the emotional stuff is, is good too. And having those conversations in a loving way, being willing to both confess things and not just have it be, well, you do this or you do that. But I'm feeling lonely when this happens, not accusing, but you know, making someone aware because mm -hmm. a lot of times we just even aren't aware of what we're doing that are, that's creating the division or loneliness. Cool. You want to pray for him, babe? Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to just be honest about some of our own things that you've dealt with us in and encouraged us in. And I just pray for these couples that you would um, heal any wounds that are um, keeping them divided or alone. I pray that you would bring those to the surface and help them love each other through that healing process and just be able to be honest, but also not be accusatory or negative, but just really want to walk uh, into unity um, as God would have for their marriage in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.